Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 176. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Bilil Springer. This week on the show, we're joined by salon owner and entrepreneur Derek Anthony as we discuss the culture he set out for his New York-based salon and what embracing mobile technology has done for the brand's journey. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us weekly for all your salon's business and marketing needs. How do we modernize the way that we run and operate a hair salon? And how does the employee experience something that is technologically based and modern and kind of sexy and cool? And how does that attract them to want to work for us, to want to stay working for us? And then on the flip side of it, how do you modernize the client um, experience? And what does it look like, whether it's a seamless check-in, check-out, whether it's a seamless booking of an appointment, whether it's the way that we can communicate with a client virtually? How can you make things really simple? And it goes above and beyond um, just your salon software. Before you even think about running it mobile, you have to think about how you're going to open up your time so that you can focus on these kind of things. Because for me, taking two hours to focus on what we're talking about is just as, if not more important than taking two hours of clients. 51 episodes ago, we had a guest, Billy Rickman, join us on episode 126 to talk about the mindset of the new age salonpreneur. Billy Rickman became a businessman, which meant he was able to look at his business slightly different. Our guest today has a similar attitude toward business. Derek wasn't necessarily a technological person, However, his drive and ambition to run a successful business meant he had to look towards technology to aid the growth and scale his business, which is exactly what we're going to cover in this episode today. His journey to running a $2 million business, all from his phone and using technology as an aid. And for those of you who haven't yet had the opportunity perhaps to meet Derek Anthony, because he also does a lot of mentoring and coaching from within the industry, Derek is a platform artist and a master colorist, but also a salon owner and a businessman. Uh, opening D'Anthony, his salon, was a longtime dream of his and his dedication to excellence and technical skill, but also to education and culture has driven the success of D'Anthony and built a dream team for the brand. As I'm sure you'll agree, Derek is a passionate leader and showcase is an incredible growth mindset and that's why we're so excited to have him on the show today so without further ado Derek it's a pleasure to have you on thank you so much I know we haven't actually met in person but we've seen each other on uh, a few calls already so it's a pleasure to have you on well thank you for having me I'm excited it's a pleasure yeah So about a year and a half ago, you had a pretty ambitious goal. You wanted to run a salon business from your phone, entirely from your phone. Why was that goal one of your like main goals, I guess? Well, you know, I think it's really important to always kind of look at the landscape of business as opposed to just the kind of maybe sector that you're in. So obviously we're in the beauty kind of industry. So that's kind of our sector. And I I try to think as an entrepreneur more so than just as a Uh, either just a salon owner or a hairdresser. And I was a hairdresser first and business owner second. And I had to evolve my thinking into becoming a business owner first, hairdresser second, so that I could be a salon owner and business person that also happens to be a hairdresser as opposed to the other way around. And Mm it sounds like a small shift, but it's a pretty large shift because I decided to really focus on Okay, well, what does the landscape of technology look like? Or, you know, the biggest companies in the world like Amazon or Uber or Netflix, you know, all of these companies, uh, Airbnb, you know, they are the kind of opposite model than what industry they're in. You know, Airbnb, the largest 
you know, hotel chain, quote unquote, without any hotels or Uber, the largest transportation service without yeah. owning any cars. And, you know, started to think about, well, how could I translate what's happening and how could I evolve my business? And it was a bit of an evolution in thought over time. It wasn't like a one moment where I was like, you know what, I, I want to move this to mobile or we got to figure out how to do it mobile. It was like evolving into that thought where it's like, well, how do we modernize the way that we run and operate a hair salon? And how do we make the experience for the employee, because I started thinking more on that side first, how does the employee experience something that is technologically based and modern and kind of sexy and cool? And how does that attract them to want to work for us, to want to stay working for us? And then on the flip side of it, how do you modernize the client um, experience? And what does it look like, whether it's a seamless check-in, check-out, whether it's a seamless booking of an appointment, whether it's the way that we can communicate with the client virtually, all of those kind of things started to kind of go into my mind. And that's when uh, I started doing my research to figure out, okay, well, how can I make sure that I can run the entire salon from the palm of my hand? So it was kind of like a culture shift, nearly. It was because technology has always been a part of our culture, but it was a part of what I call the culture refresh. Um, So during that time, uh, we this was in June of 2019 or really May even. I started to think about, okay, by June, halfway through 2019, we're going to do a culture reset or refresh. And it meant an upgrade. And anytime that you either do a rebrand or a reset or refresh, you're looking to take the really great parts of what you have and build on them and make them better. So you don't want to take away what you're doing really well, but maybe you want to evolve what you're doing well and make it more efficient and make it more seamless for for your staff and for uh, for your clients. You mentioned that you were a stylist first and a business person second, but have you always been quite technological yourself? Because as someone like considering the industry, there's still a lot of salons running from pen and paper as someone who might be running pen and paper. Then I'm probably thinking, oh, yeah, but like he's he's into all of that stuff anyway. Is that true or is it like you said, it's because you had to put the business hat on that you had to force yourself to think this way? I love that question because I think (laughs) so to answer it from me, I, you know, I was a technologically kind of savvy person. You know, I wouldn't call myself Mm -hmm. a tech geek, but I've definitely had every generation iPhone. You know, I had the first one (laughs) when it first came out. So I was always, you know, I had the iPod, the one that had the little circular thing, you know, so exactly. Even even these headphones, you know, these (laughs) headphones were like a cultural revolution at one point in New York City when you were in the subway or when you were in an airport. That's the wired airport. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I still remember the ads for that. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, yes, that was a part of my makeup. But what I would say to someone who maybe is pen and paper currently is I would say take it one step at a time and don't get overwhelmed because technology can be overwhelming. But I think if you look at it as an overwhelming thing, it will just get more overwhelming. But if you look at it as look at it as an aid to help you become more efficient. So for instance, if you're still pen and paper, your life will become easier when you move to a software. It will help you and you will realize that after the first 90 days. The first 90 days are a challenge. There's a learning curve. There's a hump you have to get over. If you are integrating new things into technology, of course, there's always challenges. And I always say technology is amazing when it works, you know, but it can be challenging, you know, (laughs) there will be glitches, there will be some frustration. 
I think you have to kind of anticipate that on the front end. But this is what I would also say to someone listening that's kind of in that position. Don't you want to evolve your brand and your business? Don't you want to be able to grow? And a part of growth pushes you outside of your comfort zone. And growth hurts a little bit. Do you remember those growing pains you had in your knees when you were a kid? That's, it's painful a little bit. You know, when you're in the gym and you're working out, it's not fun the whole time, but you're growing and you're pushing to the next step. Yeah. So I try to just focus on the end goal and the joy of what will happen when I get there. And that just helps me push through some of the pain that it's going to take along the way. Sometimes you do have to fail to learn. I think Facebook's motto is move fast and break things or <laughs> yeah. some, something like that. But like you have to be seen to try to introduce these new things as opposed to just going, our clients won't like that or it won't work. So we're just not going to do it because then you're going to be stuck in that rut. Yeah. And then you know what? Your brand will be stuck in that rut because you're the leader of the brand. So if you're someone that wants the business to grow or on the opposite side, if you're frustrated because the business isn't growing, well, you have to take a look at what you're doing or what better better yet, what you're not doing and maybe what you're not willing to do and then figure out a way to evolve into that way of thinking. None of it is easy, but it's all really possible and it's there to help you. And the whole thing too is I want my team and the people that work for our brand and our company to be excited about what we're doing and to know that we're on a destination that that if, if the business was a bus or a train that they're they're really comfortable and they trust where we're going and where we're driving them quote unquote so that's a really important part of growth and if your company isn't growing on a consistent basis and if mm. it's not evolving or even slight shifts and slight changes that are noticeable to your team and to your clients well, then I, I believe that you're falling back, even if you don't feel like you are. So so quick one for you. You opened in 2011, correct? Yes. Okay. So you mentioned growing pains earlier, and I'm sure that in those years of business, you've had more than one. When you think back on the major ones you've been through with your team, um, what was this one like? And was it like, say, number two or three or four of the major ones? Well, what I would say, well... That's a really great question. Um, I don't know what number growing pain it is. I've lost count because we've had so many. <laughs> um, and they're all really different. You know, when you are on your ownership journey, as you mentioned, I've only owned since 2011. So maybe to a new salon owner, that's like, wow, it's almost it's almost a decade. But to salon owners listening that maybe have owned for 20 plus years, they're like, oh, man, he's a rookie. He hasn't even owned for 10 years. So it's all relative, you know, and perspective is everything. So, you know, we started in a really tiny little location around a corner, down an alley, in a car park like you had you couldn't find us if you tried. You couldn't see us from the street. Um, so we, we grew really organically and really tiny. And the biggest growing pain in the beginning was was really learning how to recruit and hire and then keep the stylist on board. And that became a whole part of it went from a mentality shift of how do I find the right people um, to how do I attract the right people? Uh, and that was a really, again, it's a one word shift, but it changed everything for me because I realized if I created a brand that became a magnet for the right type of humans to come or the right type of hairdressers or students to come work for for it for the brand and I don't say come work for me it was to come work for the brand and it was learning how to separate my business from me and I'm the leader of the business but the business isn't me it's a separate entity um, and that entity has to make mm -hmm. money that entity has to pay me and has to pay all of its employees and that way I can kind of emotionally detach from it because we know salon owners get so wrapped up in their business, it becomes your baby and you become so emotionally attached that you can't make intelligent decisions when everything is emotional. So I've learned how to detach my emotion from it. It doesn't mean I'm a non-emotional person. I'm still a human being. 
Um, so I have to exercise what I call the 24-hour rule pretty regularly so I can detach from that emotion before making an important decision. Um, was taking the emotion out of business difficult or just how difficult was it at the start? Because like you said, it's your baby, it's your child. It's like saying, it's like almost when the child hits 18, you're like, you're off on your own now. It's obviously not quite that it's not, simple. It's is not it? simple at all. It's a daily, it's literally a daily thing. It's, it's one of the most difficult things you'll ever do as a business owner because you ha it's a daily decision in my opinion. It's definitely something that is consistent. And what happens is if you allow yourself to be overrun by your emotion, you're going to keep the employees that you know you shouldn't keep. You're going to keep them in the wrong positions that you know that they don't belong in. Um, and you're going to shoot yourself in the foot more oftentimes than not. You're probably going to avoid some really important conversations because you don't want to deal with the emotion or the confrontation of it. Um, I'm saying all of this from experience because I've done all of it. Um, and that's why I coach and help and mentor so many salon owners now because we have to learn how to get out our own, our own way. And sometimes we can't see the forest from our trees on, on our own. So having a coach or a mentor or someone to help guide you um, to me is just the best investment that any business owner, let alone salon owner, but any business owner could make. And I always say like, you know, athletes and actors, the highest paid people in the world, you know, one of the things they have in common is they have coaches and Kobe Bryant, and LeBron James, they still have people that hold them accountable and push them to be their best versions of themselves. And that's the whole idea of like a personal trainer at the gym. Anytime that you've had a personal trainer, you're always going to get a better workout in than when you don't have a trainer. So same kind of concept. It's like for anyone that's watched the Last Dance documentary on yeah. Netflix, Michael Jordan nearly left his team because they were going yeah. to get rid of the coach. Like, look at the impact that has. Absolutely. So in, in your case, then, did you go to someone from either inside or outside the industry to figure out how this whole transformation could work for your salon? Not really from within the industry, to be honest. I mean, I definitely I have a lot of people that I connect with on a regular basis through the industry. And, you know, I had heard of certain I had, I had heard of Forrest before, but I didn't know much about Forrest. Um, that is what sparked my interest in it, because I started to look into what Forrest offered, who Forrest integrated with technology wise. That was a big kicker for me mm -hmm. um, and a big point of difference that I think Forrest had that others didn't. Um, the ease of integration because we know with technology when technology can communicate with each other that that aren't maybe the same business that makes everybody's life easier because it becomes under one umbrella and that's what I was looking for so um, there was a part of conversation with that but honestly it became more of like okay how do I figure this out from my brand um, and be original with it so mm -hmm. And I had to look at all the phases of it. We had to look at the client phase of it, like I was mentioning before, check-in, check-out, retail purchase, booking an appointment, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I had to look at it from the employee side, so whether it was accessing their schedule, booking their own appointments, whether it's goal setting and tracking their numbers, whether it was an, our actual training system and training program, had to go completely virtual with that. Um, so those were all the kind of phases that we needed to go through. Um, and little by little, one by one, we kind of took it 30 to 90 days at a time and we implemented these changes so that we could take a step forward. And when I was mentioning the culture refresh, when I kind of developed what the steps were going to be, I then introduced it to the team at a big meeting. So we created what we call the culture refresh meeting. I made a big deal about the meeting. We rented a separate um, space for our, our team. It wasn't in the salon. It was in like a conference space and it was a really sexy space. And new mindset. Yeah, a whole new mindset. I had a PowerPoint prepared and it was in this beautiful room and 
we had custom water bottles with everybody's name on it and we had redone our handbook and our team manuals and that was laying out on everybody's chair waiting for them when they arrived. So there was definitely an air of change and growth and there was an air of excitement as opposed to what we all know that can sometimes happen with teams at salons or any businesses where it's like, oh no, what is the owner going to do this time? Here we go. <laughs> he or she's at it again, you know? Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that it was special and different and that they were excited about it as opposed to feeling apprehensive about it. Yeah, no, change can definitely be scary yeah. at sometimes, depending on how it's brought up, obviously. Exactly. Um, what would you say it takes now that you've kind of gone through this? It's been over a year now. Um, what would you say it takes to be able to run a million dollar business from your phone? Well, I think it takes commitment and consistency, just like anything. I think it takes really great technology. So Forrest can help with that, of course, especially when it comes to um, your salon branded app. Um, I also love the way that um, Forrest is constantly evolving what, what you guys do. So, for instance, something as simple as, I know this was big from for American hairdressers, um, that little text message or notification that we now receive when a client has checked in, it eliminates a whole entire process in, in our salon of the front desk having to go to the back room if a staff member happens to be there, which we know they can be there, um, <laughs> to let them know that their client is here. So we kind of re-implemented a new protocol. As soon as you receive the text message, come right out to the front so that you can greet your guests. So that means that they've arrived and they're waiting in their car and we're going to let them know when to walk in and you can be at the front desk. So simple things like that. But I think on the bigger scale... Um, you have to think about, okay, well, what does it look like to run a business from the, from your phone and how can you make things really simple? And it goes above and beyond um, just your salon software. It goes with communication. I know that we'll talk about that a little bit later, but there's some really important communication that has to do with that has to do with kind of evolving the business because we didn't want our front desk person or our front desk coordinators being overly occupied with the phone all day long. Mm -hmm. So whether that's completely eliminating uh, confirmation calls and that being now via text or email, of course, that that was a more simple version. But um, even the way that we kind of receive phone calls now, the way that we can communicate with clients via text with the kind of concierge service that we use for our salon, it's made the world of a difference. And we actually implemented that as soon as the COVID pandemic hit and it was a game changer for us. So I'm constantly looking for ways to evolve um, the way that we do things from every aspect of it. I'm always, I want to kind of fly like an eagle above the business and be able to see it from the bird's eye view so that I can have a really good idea. Okay, wait a minute, something over here is not working. If I get too close to it at all times, again, as I mentioned before, it's like you can't see the forest from the trees. That's why delegation is so, so important for salon owners, especially for those salon owners, salon owners listening who are service providers also. So you might be stuck behind the chair five days a week, yeah. and now you're feeling overwhelmed because you either have just reopened recently after being shut down for so long, or you're just a really busy hairdresser. How do you run the business also? So it's really important that you build these kind of things into the business before you even think about running it mobile, you have to think about how you're going to open up your time so that you can focus on these kind of things. Because for me, taking two hours to focus on what we're talking about is just as, if not more important than taking two hours of clients. For someone then that's not using Forest and wouldn't be completely aware of like what the mobile features we offer are, or in your search prior to coming across Forest, what was it that you were looking for that would make your business mobile? And are you just focusing on the business side or does your case for the $2 million by being mobile also include your client's experience being mobile? 
It, yes, it was definitely both, but of course, you're always thinking from your side first, gen- generally, because I wanted to see, okay, well, what, what, a, what does forest technology even look like? I didn't know what it was. I did know that you integrated with Zizor and Vish, and those were two appealing things for me because I had looked into those two companies, and I liked the idea of how I could because we were goal setting and tracking our numbers um, on kind of a spreadsheet, so we used it online, but it wasn't as seamless as what Zizor could provide the way that it would integrate with Forest. Um, and that's probably a separate conversation slightly, but it's basically a numbers tracker that can patch into your um, your system through Forest and know what your numbers are. So you, your team and you can get real-time data and you can actually be goal setting together right from the palm of your hand. And I can input goals right there. So that was a game changer for us right there. Um, so it really started from the mobile side. What I looked at was... The branded app was what attracted me, like, wow, like, because we used to have it, like, we were a bit ahead of the curve maybe five years ago. We had an app, yeah, um, and clients loved it, but then the company that we were using for the app went under, so we lost the, the ability to have an app, and then when I saw that, that's what Forrest, one of the things Forrest provided, um, it was huge. We were also having a frustration with reviews, where we were a really busy salon, we have a lot of satisfied guests, but we weren't seeing that kind of turn into actual reviews on Google or Yelp. And yeah. for me, Google is the number one review site, not Yelp. Although <laughs> I know that some people think it's Yelp, but Yelp usually is the one where people go for negative, I find. Um, Google is where people go, I would say, for truth. And again, this is just opinion. Um, so um, one of the things that re- once we set up the demo with Forrest um, and they showed me what that option was, A, that there was an easy way that this will prompt a client within a certain amount of time after they received a service. So it's when their emotion is high because they're excited, hopefully excited hopefully. that they, they love their hair. And the reality is too, honestly, you want to know when they're unhappy also so that you can respond to it and correct it. It's not like you want to ignore yeah. when you make a mistake. If a client makes a review where you made a mistake or when obviously one of your team members made a mistake or maybe just the client's unhappy, well, you have the opportunity to respond immediately and let them know that you care and how you will go about correcting it and you know not letting it happen again in the future so that's actually a really huge benefit right off the cuff so we went from having like 13 or 17 google reviews i remember when we first signed up a year ago to over 113 or 117 now over that period of time and they're like raving reviews so think about what that adds to your bottom line and how that also adds to the team morale because now on our slack channel we have like a shout outs channel in slack we're constantly sharing all these great reviews that the team is getting and during this post-covid thing to see clients so excited and so happy about feeling safe and secure and also satisfied with their services man that, that that's like priceless advertising yeah it's like i've seen a five-star review is like a shot of coffee it's just that dopamine hit exactly yeah one other thing that we decided to do we just recently i was talking with my social media team member and i said to her i'm like well, let's create testimonial tuesdays and we'll share great reviews that we've gotten every single Tuesday on our Instagram story. So that's been a really fun little thing that we've been doing as well, that clients can really see, wow, people are really satisfied. Man, I've been thinking about going there. I really got to go now. Love it. 
Um, so I was watching a webinar recently. Um, they were talking about lockdown, post-lockdown consumer behavior. They mm-hmm. listed off a few like pandemic first, like so stuff that people wouldn't have had done before the pandemic and that they started doing on a more regular basis, I'd say. So like one of them was like 22% of US uh, consumers ordered food delivery online for the first time. Uh, 22% of US consumers ordered beauty products online for the first time as well and stuff like that. Would you say that in a post, I suppose, post-lockdown world, having set up your business to run from your phone was an advantage? I would say it was a massive advantage because there wasn't a scramble that I had to create. Like, oh my goodness, we got to get an online store up now that we've just closed. We've already had an online store up. Mm -hmm. It just, it like... It all, all of a sudden, we started getting much more activity on our online store because it was available to the client. Um, we created color kits, and we were able to market that immediately. And that was a little bit of a controversial thing a- across the industry, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's no doubt that um, some salon owners felt or hairdressers feel like, no, we shouldn't be doing that. My whole thing was we weren't doing it to satisfy a hairdresser. We were doing it to help the client, support the client, and to also let them know that we were here for them as opposed to them going to the store and purchasing something. Mm. Um, So it just worked for us, but it doesn't work for everybody. And then you saw the longer that that salons were closed, the more salons you started to see do that because it was a little bit of a reality. But either way, I would say it was a huge, huge benefit because – we already had these systems in place. We already had our training virtual um, as far as like all of our training material is on an app that our team can access. So our training, which is every single Tuesday at the salon, we actually maintained it through the whole entire pandemic. We had a training every single Tuesday via Zoom. We had a team meeting once a week via Zoom that obviously we weren't doing Zoom meetings with the team before, but we were doing very regular meetings and we were used to high level of communication. Mm -hmm. Our Slack channel became much more active and much more engaging on a regular basis. The way that we were communicating with clients via email, via text message, the fact that they could go online and purchase a product, they could go online and purchase a branded DeAnthony face mask, all these kind of things that were very kind of like modern and we were really on the, on I would say the cutting edge of it quickly, of course it gave us an advantage. And to be honest, between product sales, the color kits, our face masks, we were able to pay rent during those three months we were closed. So we didn't fall behind in rent. We were actually able to generate enough revenue to cover expenses. So that was huge. Yeah. And what about the customer experience? Like once you reopened, I'm assuming that also was an advantage to, to have everything running from mobile already. Because then you have like less people in the salon or social distancing and, and stuff like that. A hundred percent. I mean, we, we created a waiver that we, we require clients to fill out and sign before they are, they arrive. Or, it, you know, of course, we're, we have printed ones at the salon because, you know, people... Some will take advantage of the virtual one or not, but mm-hmm. what a client could easily do is go to our website on their phone. Um, we had a separate tab, which was COVID-19 policies and procedures. They would just have to click on that, save the image or save the um, document to their phone. They could sign it with their finger and email it right off to us. So we had many, many clients do that within you know 24 hours before their appointment. Mm-hmm. And then some that are maybe a little bit resistant to that, they could come in and they could fill it out with a pen and paper. It's like we, we try to do both because we don't want to just – you don't want to go all one way because then you can shut certain people out as well. If you go too technolog- technologically like you know operational, it can also intimidate the client and overwhelm them or sometimes annoy them. So you have to be careful mm-hmm. with too much. But yeah, that was huge for us when we reopened. 
it was this very seamless process. We reopened online booking at one point. You know, we we were just able to utilize the technology um, to our advantage. You mentioned about the Zoom conferencing. Do you think this will play uh, any role in your business? And do you think you're going to start offering more Zoom sessions? So if we think about like consultations, or are you going to stick with having people still visit the salon for cases like that? Well, we've actually already implemented Zoom consultations from as soon as we reopened. We had thought about that during the closure. Um, and we ha- honestly, we haven't had to have too many of them, um, but we've had some, definitely. Uh, sometimes planning the Zoom consultation can be slightly challenging with the amount of hours a stylist might work. So there have been times where we're building it into the appointment, but we could at the very minimum offer a Zoom consultation and talk to the team member if there was a requirement for the Zoom consultation, if they felt like there was a need because it was a major color correction. You definitely found that during this time, um, Maybe because a client's roots were three inches, they were like, you know what, I'm going to give this gray hair a go and I'm going to go for a full color correction so I can start to grow in my natural color. And then you had the complete opposite. They were like, get rid of this gray hair. I want to go back to my my color that I love. So you had a little (laughs) bit of both. Um, But yeah, I do. And for us, we're still doing all of our team meetings via Zoom. I'm doing um, my one on ones with team members via Zoom. So when we have a one on one, it's going to be either on FaceTime or Zoom. So we are just still trying to avoid as much as possible where all of us are in a room together at the same time. Uh, We did do that one time when we about 48 hours before we reopened, I wanted everybody to be in the same room so that we could all be on the same page, talk about the protocols, do a walkthrough of what it looked like when a client arrived when they walked into the salon, when we sanitized the station, when we sanitized the sink, and then when they leave and check out, we just kind of like tried it on, almost like a soft opening together. Um, and I think that was really important. But but yeah, to answer your question specifically, mm-hmm. I think Zoom is here to stay and is it like it's just going to be a part of what we do and how we do it. Well, I mean, we've seen the rise of like going to your local GP. It's now all done online. So I, you can almost preempt that it's going to be similar for cases like that in some salons then. Exactly. Do you have any ideas on how to make your digital channels do more for you than what they, like, I suppose, offer at the very basic level? Kind of like where I'm going with this is like, say, how do you make, for instance, the branded app or your salon app um, help you stay connected with your clients more than just a tool for them to book online? I think that you have to be innovative with your descriptions. I think that you have to stay on top of your really, really great photos of your team. So what we did was a full brand new photo shoot to make sure that when we were to launch the the, the branded app, that it was going to be exciting and different. And we also, at that time, revamped our website too. So everything would get a really great makeover. And if you go to our website, which is also incredible, everything needs to be mobile friendly. So if you're, if you're deciding to redesign your website, make sure that every time that you do some kind of a change or you have your web developers do some kind of a change, that you're looking at that change on a browser, on a laptop, then on an iPad and on an uh, and on a iPhone or a Android or a tablet, you need to because the formatting is going to be different, and it's really important that you realize that eighty percent plus of people are going to be accessing this from your phone. So it needs to be incredibly user friendly, and it needs to be incredibly visually stimulating. So we wanted great photos of the team. We wanted great modern descriptions and bios of everybody. We want online booking to be really attractive, but also really explanatory. So we did. I spent a lot 
lot of time on the descriptions of the services and these in, these important notes that we really want the client to read to make sure that they're booking correctly. We all know that online booking can be a little bit challenging when it comes to this because the client can make some errors. Um, but I think that's just a part of the process. And if you're on top of it and you're, you're being proactive, you can catch some of the mistakes up front and they're minimal and few and far in between once you get clients used to it. Um, so that all of those kind of things I think are really important. And I think what you have to realize is if you're not, if you're not spending time on these things, well, then they're not important to you or your brand and the client will then see that, you know, it's almost like they won't see it in words, but if you're, if you're, you have to think about it again, objectively, it's kind of like if I go right now to a website of a, of a restaurant that I've never actually been to physically, their website is all I can go on as far as the impression of what the brand is going to put on me. It's kind of like we always say your front desk person, if someone calls the salon, that's the first impression. I tell my front desk, you are the brand. To you, to the customer, you are the brand. Literally, you are D'Anthony. You're the brand. So everything you do say or don't say is going to come across as what the brand is saying or not saying. So think of that when it comes to your social media. Think about that when it comes to your Instagram stories. You can check um, my Instagram uh, story on our salon. It's constantly active. We have that's the 24-hour rule where we are constantly, we never want it to not have something on the store. You should always be able to tap that little circle icon and see something interactive, something that's, you know, engaging. Uh, and that's a way that we can kind of keep our clientele excited and interested and thinking about the next step. Excellent. I suppose it's like... Um it's like your parents always told you never judge judge a book by its cover but the reality is when it comes to looking at new business or somewhere to go that's exactly yeah. what we do <laughs> no doubt about it um so then when it comes to i suppose post lockdown you said that you were really busy for the initial eight nine weeks because everyone needed an appointment but now there's that little kind of trail off period a little bit i suppose um how do we prevent clients from forgetting about us so by using that mobile first or technological approach is there anything that you use to ensure that you're keeping that communication with your clients you're always on their mind that keeps them coming back absolutely we um we're really religious with our monthly newsletter that we send out to clients within the first five days of the month. We utilize Forrest's uh, marketing tool with the email for that. It's been great. My manager drafts it up. We use my email as the test email, so she'll send me the test. I'll do a quick review. Her and I at our at our meeting will kind of go over what the bullet points are. Um, so whether it is thanking clients for um, patronizing and for all of their support and their trust in us. Um, you know, I think it's really important right now to to let clients know. Obviously, marketing right now, as far as safety, is really important. So, a couple of days ago, we did a post that we've seen a lot of salons start doing, which I think is really smart. Where you say the number of the number of weeks you've been open, the number of clients you've serviced in that span of time, and you know the number of COVID cases. I wouldn't say if you've had a high number of COVID cases to post that, <laughs> but if you've had zero, then I would definitely post it. So we had 893 clients in a span of nine weeks, and we had zero cases. We posted that as like a little like photo that would be on our wall. We got over 350 likes because of it. Uh, you know, some people shared it. Clients are like, you know, hey, hooray, you know, you're doing it the right way. So that's great marketing and branding right there. Um, 
And I think that's that's what you have to do right now. You have to be constantly active. You have to, you know, yesterday, for instance, so our town is doing free parking through September 1st, and they've been doing it since the shutdown. So we, I said, let's send out a text message blast to remind clients free parking through the month of August. You don't have to pay for parking in Nyack, which is the town that the salon is in, uh, until September 1st. Just a way to give a little, like, little kind of touch point. That's a good you idea, know? yeah. Uh, we sent out... And it's not about you. It's the exactly. town in general, which is yeah. that co-op. It's then, just yeah. kind of always staying... Think about a great relationship. Great relationships have great communication. So if you're going to have a great relationship with your overall clientele base, you have to have a high level of communication. But you also were very careful not... We don't want to be like the gap and send you an email every third day. You know what I mean? Buy this now. You know, that's not what we're going to do. Sale, exactly. Sale. So, you know, I've always heard of that whole like jab, jab, hook. And the jabs are ways. Vaynerchuk. Exactly. So, exactly. That's the Gary Vee thing. So, you know, yeah. you want to kind of put out the content to engage. And then there's going to be, of course, at times where you're doing a promotion like this is, a, you know, if you looked on our Instagram story right now, it's going to show you what our retail promotion for, you know, for what's happening this month. So it's being said that even post lockdown, over four in 10 people still prefer to make a query or a complaint uh, verbally. So either in person or over the phone. Um, that means still quite a lot of time on the phones for the front desk team. And if you think about just the reopening period when people were trying to get back in and get an appointment and get reassurance, you know, from, from your team, it, it can be quite time consuming. So if you're to run a business from the palm of your hands, would you've also considered using tech for that kind of challenge, I guess? Like, do you use a, a bot, for instance, like a Facebook bot or something like that? Or how do you manage the fact that not everyone is ready to fully embrace digital ways and tech solutions? Um, and how do you bring warmth and brand tone to the tech solutions that run key background operations, I guess? What an amazing and important question, because that is the reality. How many of you that are listening right now, or even you guys here on the call with me, um, think about how many times you have called a company and been frustrated because you can't speak to a human. So that's one <laughs> thing, right? That happens all the time. And you can get mad. And then you're you're just angry at the company about it. Like, wow, all I want to do is speak to a human. Then you know, your emails so, <laughs> are all in capital letters. <laughs> exactly. You're screaming across virtual lines. So, you know, I we want to be careful about that. But at the same time, if you have this massive flood of people all contacting at once, then obviously, unless you're maybe a massive chain that has a call center or something like that, you can't even have the manpower to handle that influx of calls. So you're taking this tidal wave and you're trying to like Coke bottle it, you know, down this little funnel, and that can be a big challenge. So I started, I had heard from a colleague, because um, we were doing a, what we did was, um, the company that I created with one of my with my business partner, her name is Jill Roan. Uh, it's called Culture Curators, okay. and you can actually check out the website. It's myculturecurators.com. And what we did during the pandemic was we did free mastermind series for salon owners. So we basically did it as a first come first serve basis. We'd have up to ten people on the call. We did two different versions of it, and it was all about leading through crisis. And we used this whole format of how to you know be a, show up as a leader during this challenging time for yourself and for your team. And um, one of the people on the call mentioned this company called Numa. Um, and when I checked out Numa, I actually connected Numa to Forrest. Um, Sinead, o uh, I think her O'Connell, I think her last name is, is uh, one of Carol. my. Oh, Carol, right. 
Um, yeah. She's amazing. We met at a, a mutual event that I was speaking at, and her and I have just kind of connected ever since. And um, I was telling her about how I, I think that it was just this amazing technology that was really seamless for us. So basically, uh, we could create an automated like message um, where I type the message, but a robot, quote unquote, reads the message as almost like a voice concierge. Huh. You can even pick you can pick the voice that you want. It's a very friendly, you know, it doesn't sound like an overly robotic voice. You can pick male, female, you can pick an accent. It was really funny and cute. <laughs> um, and it was an easy way to basically forward calls directly to so the phone run, line wouldn't ring right it'll pick up with this message and they they can say it'll basically tell them it'll prompt them press one if you'd like to receive a text message from us or you can leave a message a voicemail uh, when they leave the voicemail they have their own app as well so i would get a notification that we just got a voicemail i could respond via text on the spot um it was a, it's an amazing tool now i can turn off the forwarding and the phone can ring just like so and if we don't pick up it would go to that message um or in a really busy day we can just literally click one button the phone won't ring anymore it will all forward to that and everything shows up in this queue basically on a browser or on your phone it has been uh literally a game changer for us because it also has some ai built in where it can respond automatically let's say a client is asking a very generic question like what are your hours or what's your address or things like that yeah. it will automate certain links directly to that and it's helped us tremendously with um, that level of communication that's really cool yeah Just it's amazing frees up a lot of time for your front desk oh my god yeah huge huge so by having that automation or the AI robot, however you want to refer to it, do you think that it's important that it's obvious to the end user that this is automated, it is robotic, and that they are in fact not talking to a person? Or do you like the fact that you can kind of brush it over that the AI someone is typing to is a person, if I was to do the two-finger marks things, <laughs> yeah. was it the quotations? Well, I think... To answer your question, you know, that's a great question because I, I think that they, you know, listen, people aren't savvy. People aren't dumb. They know that it's not like an actual human being they're talking to. I think it's more important how prompt and quickly you can kind of get on top of the conversation. So, for instance, if they've pressed one for the text message, there's an automated text message that gets sent to them that says, thank you for, you know, for requesting a text message. We will respond to you as soon as we can. You know, so they it kind of puts them on ice, quote unquote, mm -hmm. you know, so to speak, so that they're not like annoyed or impatient or sitting on hold because people sitting on hold while they're waiting for a human to answer to me is a much more negative than getting a text message saying we've received your message we'll be in touch shortly so even if if it took us an hour to respond to your message which hopefully it doesn't take us that long but obviously when you're first reopening we had hundreds of these messages so we kept putting out notices on Facebook on Instagram we sent out emails letting people know we have received all your messages if you've left us a voicemail trust that we have received it we are working diligently and doing our best to get through the hundreds of phone calls and messages that we have received we will be in touch as soon as we can so again high level of communication really 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 important yeah it gives the client peace of mind like i remember once having an issue with a plane ticket and i ended up spending three hours on hold <laughs> before i spoke to someone and i couldn't hang up because their their social media yeah. was like flooded anyway so i was like well this is my only opportunity to talk to someone really yeah and think about that times 
you know, times a hundred with because all these companies were dealing with this. All these companies were understaffed. Yeah. Any company that you called, there was much more extended long wait time. So you're dealing with probably already irritated customers just from like what you just said. You just experienced it with an airline. Then what if your next phone call was your salon and then you experience it also? You might blow up on the salon because of all the pent up frustration. So there's ways if you really focus on it, there are ways to really change that frustration into, wow, thank you so much. This was a pleasant experience. At the end of the day, there we, you do have to ask for some patience for the clientele, from the clientele, whether they like it or not, right? We, if, if they're reasonable right now, they understood, of course, you know, they're, they're thankful that you're back open. They're happy for you that you're back open. They're willing to wait, although they don't want to wait that long. Yeah. So Derek, then, given everything that you know and everything that you've covered, if we were to look at your journey from $1 million to $2 million by going mobile and having gone through being shut down, trying to run a business while you're shut down and then trying to reopen with um, new contingencies in place, do you think that this is a fast tracked your, your journey or impact your journey and b what I suppose if you were to pick five or even a handful of mobile features that could really stand out to you, what do you think are the non-negotiable features that you should act on today if you wanted to get on board a similar journey to yours? Okay, so I'll start with the first portion of the question. Um, I think for us, because we had already had these things in place, it was very seamless for us once we went back into business. Mm -hmm. The biggest change that we experienced was more internal, meaning our hours were completely and dramatically altered. Um, so all of the shifts of stylus were completely changed. We went from a single shifting model schedule-wise to a double shifting model. Now that was something that I had always said to the team was a desire and a goal because we have a 1800 square foot space with 10 chairs and my goal was always to have 20 hairdressers with 10 chairs and to double shift so that you could create a high level of profit and keep your overhead at a very reasonable controlled space. We know that you know most of the time when salons go wrong or just small businesses go wrong, their expenses get way ahead of their income. And that's when you get into trouble and it either cuts into your profit or you go into the negative because of it. So really, really, imp I'm a huge on the numbers. I'm a very goal-driven salon owner and a numbers-driven salon owner. I'm not a natural bean counter by any means but I want to look at the, the numbers after they've been being, being counted and Forrest can help me with the being counted. <laughs> um, and then I can analyze and decide on what actions I need to take to navigate any challenges that come up because challenges always come up. So that was um, probably the first part of the question. The second part of the question, so let's talk about some non-negotiables. Um, I'm going to give you a little bit of a kick in the pants if you're listening right now and you're on pen and paper it's time to move from pen and paper, you know, and I'm giving you a lovely, loving, big hug and then a slight elbow, you know, because it's like you got to get with the times, right? It's chop, chop, hook. Yeah, exactly. It is 2020. Um, you know what? It's okay if you're on paper today as you're listening to this. But what I would say is now that you're in the know and now that you've started to understand, okay, wait a minute, I need to start to make a shift, it won't be okay next month if you're still on paper or at least if the, let's say, the process isn't in motion because we all know that sometimes these things take time. It's okay if it takes you 60 or 90 days to get this all 
kind of like um, rolled out. That's okay. Plan behind the scenes, set a date on and a, and a deadline on when you will launch and stick to that deadline. The thing is that salon owners or small business owners, one of our biggest downfalls, and this really hurts your credibility with the people that work with you or for you, is we lack follow through. We come up with these bright ideas, we're idea machines, we say what, what we're gonna do, but we never implement it and we never follow through with it. This has happened to countless salon owners, it happened to me for sure, and that could be the kiss of death to your business because your team doesn't trust you anymore and every time that you go to roll out something, they're like, oh, here we go, all right, ain't gonna last, you know? So you have to be really careful with that. And so the number one thing I would say is get, get with a software that makes the most sense. Obviously, I'm recommending Forest, it makes the most sense. Um, for me, it's it honestly, um, and to be perfectly honest, we weren't unhappy with the last software we had. We just knew that there was bigger and better. And honestly, Forrest checked all the boxes. That was just the reality. It's like, this isn't an infomercial. It really was the <laughs> truth, you know? Um, and that's why we decided to, to make the change because we saw what the pros and cons were from what we were working with to switching to forests. We weighed what the cons were in just the idea of software change. Any salon owner that's ever gone through a color conversion or a software conversion knows that those are probably two of the biggest pains you can experience in the business internally um, for yourself and for your team. So that could be a challenge, but I say embrace the challenge, fail forward. There will be some mistakes. There will be a learning curve. So what? Like do it anyway. You know, it's like you're, you're going to, the time is going to pass. If You might as well evolve and you might as well grow and you might as well be better three months from now than not. So I say, honestly, suck it up a little bit, deal with it, bite your tongue a little bit, um, bite on a piece of wood if you have to, just to kind of get through the hump. Don't give up. And that's the number one thing. The number two thing I would say is your own branded salon app. It's an amazing thing and incredibly impressive to your clients when they can have an icon of your logo on their phone. That is golden. When they can tap on that and it can be a seamless experience to, hey, I, I, it's 11 o'clock at night, it's midnight, it's one o'clock in the morning. I just thought, oh my gosh, I wanna get a haircut tomorrow or the next day. They can literally do it on their own time with the ease of their own fingers. That's really, really, really priceless. Think about you going to, how easy is Amazon for you? There's no no coincidence that it's easy for the consumer, which is why Amazon is the most successful company in the world. Think about how easy Mac has made it to purchase things or to use things. Now, does that mean that there isn't a learning curve on every Mac device or Apple device? Of course there is, but once you learn it, you know, it's like, wow, this has made my life easier, yeah. you know? So, um, that would be the second thing. The third thing I would say is if you have a training system, get it mobile. Get off of the pen and paper. We had a 60-page binder for our training program. Everything was on paper. We went completely paperless, and that comes down to head sheeting. I mean, there are apps for everything. There's an app for head sheeting for hair salons. You can head sheet with a stylus and a pen on an iPad or a phone, and then you can use Slack for a high level of team communication, and they enter their head sheets into our Slack training program channel. I mean, how amazing and what of a wow factor is that? So if you hire someone right out of school and you show them what your high-level training program looks like for them, well, that is definitely going to attract the right kind of student because they want to learn. And I'm looking for people that when they graduate school in America, they know they're not ready to go on the floor yet, but they're looking for somewhere that they can get mentored and taught and trained so that they can be set up for success. 
The final one I would say is, I'm probably at four, probably won't give you five, I'll give you four, is um, I think that you need something technological on your phone to track your numbers. And yes, Forrest has that. In their, their reporting, you can't, you can't get better than Forrest reporting. And even the, I love the weekly summaries that it sends you and how I can automate that to send out to my team and they can all see what their numbers are on a regular basis. And then the fact that it integrates to what I was mentioning before with Zizor, that's just a whole nother le level onto itself. And that was another phase of the change that we did that was another big hump and learning curve. But Again, worth it in the end. Well, Derek, we could be talking about this all day. It's been brilliant. Um, thank you for your time. And second, uh, where can people find you online? Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Okay, so if you're looking for me personally, you can find me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is D-E-R-E-K underscore Anthony, A-N-T-H-O-N-Y underscore uh, you can check my salon uh, and see all the things I was talking about. I encourage you, tap on you know our story and see what that's like. What I do all the time is I look for brands that I really admire outside of the industry, and I want to see what they're doing and then how I can translate that to what I can do. So um, on, on Instagram, it's D underscore Anthony Hair. You can also find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com backslash D Anthony Nyack. You can check out my salon website, danthony.com. And then finally, for coaching and consulting, we coach and consult for salons all over the world and all over the country. We're mainly, of course, we're American. We're based out of America. So we have we have salon clients everywhere from California who's going through – California is the only state left in America right now that salons are actually shut down. Yeah. So they're going through a lot of struggle right now. We coach people from the Midwest to South, North, all over the place. So that's myculturecurators.com. You can check it out and just see what we have to offer. You know, one of my biggest passions has become helping salon owners do exactly what we've been talking about for the past 55 minutes or so. So can't thank you guys enough for having me on and for the opportunity to share some some insight. No problem at all. It's been an absolute joy. And I know you're going to hit that two million mark soon enough. You're quite driven. Please obviously. let us know when it happens. Uh, I can't. Oh, I will. I will. Yeah. And... I think more importantly, I can't wait to hear what the next BHAG or Big Hairy Audacious Goal is. BHAGs, baby. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again. All right, guys. Thanks so much. As salons and spas reopen, they're also shaping a new normal in which various processes are undergoing considerable changes. The feature you've been waiting for is here. You can now send consultation forms and disclaimers to clients and get all the information you need to prepare for their appointment before they arrive at your salon. Prepare, protect, pre-send. It couldn't be easier or safer. And with email and SMS sending options, you can reach every client in your salon's database. Pre-send consultation forms by Forest Salon Software. Get security and assurance with health checkboxes and client signatures for every appointment. It's time to get back in business with Forest. Standard SMS rates apply. Upgrade your package today and create unlimited customized service consultation forms using our simple form builder tool. Visit forest.com for more details. So that was Derek Anthony of the Anthony Salon in New York. Moving on now to the Inside Forest segment, we're going to kick it off with a brand new Forest Academy course. This course is centered around a new feature update, the email marketing editor. So if you've been a regular user of the email editor that was in the Forest system, you can expect a completely revamped tool. All for the better, of course. And speaking of course, this one will not only show you how to use the editor, but it'll take you through implementing the five-step process behind every successful email. 
send your emails at the perfect time to reach more clients, project your salon's voice through beautifully designed emails, and finally, you'll learn how to monitor your campaign's performance and revenue generated. This course is self-taught in bite-sized chunks, taking roughly 30 minutes, but you can learn on demand as you go. As always, if you have any queries or need help accessing the courses, just email us at forestacademy at forest.com. And a few last housekeeping bits before we sign off. Don't forget that we have a Forest FM newsletter that you can sign up for at forest.com forward slash FM. This newsletter will get you all the updates and the guests downloadable content and resources delivered straight to your inbox weekly on Wednesdays. It'll give you uh, insights into the episodes as well. And if you're looking for Forest Salon Software regional updates, you can always follow us on Instagram. We have three regional accounts and one, I suppose, global account. So at Forest Salon Software is our main one and then you have at forest.northamerica at forest.ukie and at forest.au on that note that's all we got for this week as always if you want to share your thoughts on forest fm or this episode specifically if you have uh, any questions for derek that you want us to pass on send us an email at forestfm at forest.com or you can also leave us a review on apple podcast all of your suggestions are greatly appreciated and we always love to hear from you otherwise stay safe and we'll catch you next monday all the best This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z. Great music makes great moments. Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Forest FM, the Salon Owners podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. We help salon owners get their clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.